You're listening to Driving Law, a podcast by Kyla Lee about all things related to the rules of the road. Welcome to another episode of Driving Law. I am Kyla Lee at Acumen Law, and with me, sort of, is my co-hostess with the mostest, Paul Doroshenko. Se- separated once again. I'm in the uh, in the studio, and there you are at home. Here I am at home, stuck at home again. Yep. It's like a song. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a long saga. My health. Yeah, well, and uh, we don't know if it's COVID-related or what it's related to, but the uh, it appears that it's likely that it's ongoing COVID continuation problems. Yeah, well, so, the inflammatory response that has been documented in some cases appears to be happening to me, so yeah. it's super fun. So if you're a young person like Kyla, uh, do your best to avoid uh, getting COVID-19 because it turns out that there are um, maybe long-term implications, not just two weeks of being sick. Yeah, you get this cool, like, you know, two weeks of being sick, and it sucks, and it's really awful, and you've never been sick like that before, but you don't die. You don't come close to dying. And then it's over. And then, you know, a month later, your immune system flares up, and you have all of these things happening to your body that don't make any sense. And then another month later, it happens again and again. Yeah, but you're not you're not coughing like you were, though. Not, no, I'm still coughing a bit, but not like I was. Yeah. Well, uh, you appear to not be contagious, so so yeah. that's good. Yeah, I've 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 had so much blood work, <laughs> so many analyses of things out of my body, and uh, and three COVID swabs in the meantime, just to be on the safe side. I always think there would be, there would be some use by um, of hanging people upside down for a little while, just to see <laughs> if see if something strange comes out. You know, I was I, I was imagine that would be some sort of thing that they would do in the hospital when they like when a you go bat for, will just crawl out of my nostrils. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, just they have those like those boots that are like ski boots that you can hang upside down. They have those hang upside down equipment. I think they should have those in the hospital, maybe just to inspect it. I I, I would I think that that's probably probably as good as any uh, remedy that Trump's come up with. Yeah, I, better. It makes more sense than half of them. Yeah, you might have a bat up your nose. Yeah, and, you know, just to be on the safe side, I should probably inject some bleach and drink some sanitizer. Yeah, skip that one. <laughs> uh, so I anyway. bought some uh, I bought some hand sanitizer for the office, and I got it back to the office, and I read the ingredients, and it's 80% ethanol. And I sniffed it, and it's basically just vodka. Uh, and, of course, it says on there, do not drink. But I'm thinking to I'm myself, drinking. I really should just try some. Yeah. I might do it. Well, you did drink... We haven't we haven't done this episode of Can You Fail It yet, but you did drink something that I refused to put in my mouth. Yeah, and you thought time. I'd be dead. You thought I was. I did think be dead. you'd die. Yeah, I thought for sure you would not have survived that. Yeah, well, it was better than the chewing tobacco. <laughs> the chewing tobacco <laughs> was the worst. You can find our chewing tobacco video on uh, YouTube. Can you fail it? Uh, to see whether or not you'd fail with chewing tobacco, and it was the most disgusting thing. Uh, I think I've put in my mouth in a long, long time. The results, I think, were the most surprising to me so far because I was for sure expecting something else, and I thought this will all be worth it. Well, I think a lot of people have chewing tobacco in their mouth while they're actually drinking alcohol, and so it's holding the alcohol in. And so the results may be different when you're 
got alcohol and chewing tobacco than just straight old chewing tobacco. Um, and, you know, we held it in there for a specific period of time. You might hold it in, yeah, which was like absolutely cringeworthy. I thought I was going to give it up. But the, um, yeah, I, I, I don't even want to talk about it. It's so upsetting. Can't we move into our topics? We can move into our topics. And we'll start off with a brief topic because this podcast, as everybody who is a regular listener knows, comes out on Fridays. And I probably shouldn't have picked Friday as the day for the podcast because now um, uh, the Supreme Court of Canada releases all their decisions on Fridays, which is cool for the Supreme Court of Canada, but really annoying when you have a big driving law-related case, Uber and Heller, released on Friday, and you're recording the podcast Thursday night. So, Well, it really means that we're going to end up discussing it again next week. So it gives yeah. us a, a topic, so long as we don't have too many next topics week. next week. But on driving law. Let's hear the, give me so the, the quick rundown on it. So we've talked about it before on the podcast. Uber and Heller is the case. Mr. Heller uh, was working for Uber as a driver and had some type of an employment-related discrepancy. I think he's trying to get a determination from the court that he's an employee within the meaning of Ontario's Employment Standards Act. And, you know, whether he's an employee or a contractor is essentially the crux of the issue. But Uber says any legal issues that you have with Uber are to be resolved according to the law of, like, the Netherlands or something. And you have to do all of your filing there. And you have to pay all of the filing fees there, which are, like, an extremely high amount of money, like several thousand euros just to file your complaint. So this forum selection clause is what's at issue before the Supreme Court of Canada. Is it fair for Uber to say you have to, you know, have your case determined on the basis of a legal system that you have no relationship with and no ability as a layperson to access um, against a multinational corporation that has billions of dollars in, you know, revenue and can afford lawyers in every country? So How did it go at the Ontario question. Court of Appeal? Do you recall? I think it went in Mr. Heller's favor. Yeah. I, I do I, recall I think they've watching... Got, I think Uber's got a problem here. Yeah. Well, I recall... Because they allowed the it. They allowed the the appeal, right? Yeah. And and I recall watching the arguments, and all of the Supreme Court of Canada judges were like, yeah, but, like, how is anybody actually supposed to use this when they can't access that legal system? Like, it is designed to obstruct people from making legitimate legal claims and you can't do that like that's unconscionable so well we're also talking about a claim about an employment relationship yeah or or not an employment relationship but it doesn't matter even if you're a contractor you have to have like an ability to settle your disputes true good point Mm -hmm. well i wouldn't be optimistic if i was uber we'll see whether or not we are right tomorrow (laughs) with respect to that one on that call I will eat my hat. I will literally film a YouTube video of me eating a hat. I promise this. If the decision tomorrow comes out in favor of Uber. Yeah. Um, you're not going to have to eat your hat. So I, no, as I'm I was vis- visualizing it and trying to figure out how to do it. <laughs> um, speaking of apparel, we have uh, our face masks now, which is um, yeah. something that we should certainly talk about. So, uh, long history, and you'd find it on the website Lawyer Told Me, um, which explains it. But years ago, I eventually came up with the phrase to tell my clients um, 
that my clients would tell the police when they were uh, attempting to interrogate them, and that was, the lawyer told me not to talk to you, which yeah. led to us having a bag with that on there, and then t-shirts, and then someone said a song, so we wrote a song, we did a video, we performed it, people loved played it. Played it on the podcast. Played it on the podcast, been played on the radio, we became country music, classic lawyer country superstars and uh then a pandemic <laughs> the on, only classic lawyer country music artists in existence well releasing an album releasing songs in uh 2019 2020 um you know there's been other lawyers who sat and sang on music videos but, the, but they didn't sing classic lawyer country no that's true so the uh so we decided Kyla was looking at face masks and decided we should uh, order some face masks that say, lawyer told me not to talk to you, black with just white lettering on them and not branded in other, any other way for our office because the T-shirts were very popular and we thought the face masks might be good. So we ordered 100 mm-hmm. and um, posted a photographs of ourselves on Twitter last Friday, a week ago, and uh, the the internet blew up. Internet, well, I wouldn't say the internet, internet blew, blew up, up. A lot of people really wanted one of our cool, awesome masks. Yeah, so we ordered... Face masks are the new normal, so you may as well. So we got 500 more coming, and we um, we created a website we over the weekend, which we put up on Tuesday, I guess. Lawyer told me. You can do hashtag lawyer told me, or you can just do lawyer told me.com. And um, now you can order your mask, and it's fourteen ninety nine. And the masks are, uh, that covers our costs, and our intention is to send, to give $5 to a charity for each uh, for each purchase each as order. well. So, um, yeah, because fourteen ninety nine is our break-even point if we donate to charity and pay for the cost of the mask. Yeah, so we're not going to make any money on the masks, and we're probably going to end up losing because we still have to do the labor of packaging. I think I've, you know, we've already had 350 orders or something like that. I'm going to come in on the weekend and pack our... Uh, 100 minus the 15 that we've uh, given away already uh, and uh, or whatever and then when the other ones come in in a week or so we'll start shipping them out so they will start going out and uh, even Kyla wore one to the hospital today and the doctor said it was great he loved it yeah he walked in the room he said lawyer and then I thought he knew I was a lawyer <laughs> but no and then he was like told me not to talk to you. that's pretty good yeah, it is pretty good. So it's a conversation starter and stopper, depending on the circumstances you're in. One out of one doctors agree. It's exactly. pretty good. Exactly. A hundred percent of doctors agree that the lawyer told me not to talk yeah. to you. Of doctors at, polled, agreed. The lawyer told me Medically not to talk to you. Medically approved mask. mask. Yeah. We just didn't say how. Yeah. So you can get one of our masks if you go to the, uh, you can still order them. And uh, I don't know how many more we'll order. Probably if we marketed them, they would continue to sell. I mean, we're going to be wearing masks for months to come, folks. So you might as well get it. And they appear to be washable, though I haven't washed one yet. And I'm hoping that they're color fast um, and that the uh, lettering stays on it. But even if it doesn't, it's still going to be a sturdy mask looking at it. If your mask gets, like, totally wrecked, call, call us. We'll replace it. Really? Sure, if it gets totally wrecked. Yeah, but you're gonna have to uh, you're gonna have to drive down to the office to pick one up because yeah, yeah, yeah this, is, this is this is just the postage and mailing and try and get packaging stuff to ship things out from Amazon these days. They you know they I order it and it tells me that it'll be arrived by September first. So that that ain't it gonna do it. Sooner though. Yeah, not always. Um, there's still it's things not. I'm waiting for that I ordered a month ago that still say September first, and there's a few things that I've ordered that say that they're in Langley. And that's been 10 days that they've been in Langley. 
So, okay. And we're not talking Langley, Virginia. We're talking Langley, British Columbia, which is just down the road. Uh, speaking of roads, let's get back to... Uh, get back to the podcast. Back to... Because okay. we have a big update. Huge, finally, huge news Yeah. Well, for the big, people of British Columbia. Exactly. You've, you've been free to now dispute your ticket and have a hearing. Yep. You're going to get your court dates. All of this time that you've been locked down and haven't had court. So, Kyla, what is the the uh, the court's plan? Yeah, so it's looking like traffic court is going to be resuming mid-July. It depends on where your traffic court is. Um, each different courthouse has a specific date, and not every courthouse or court location has a reopening plan. But for a number of the courthouses and court locations, um, traffic court is moving out of the courthouse and into uh, gyms and community centers. Kitsilano Secondary School. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Robson Square Traffic Court and Richmond Traffic Court are going to be run out of Kitsilano Secondary School, which is great. Well, great for me because, you know, I live eight blocks away from there. Oh, really? Can you do all my tickets for me? (laughs) Yeah, I think you can. You can drive. You know the neighborhood. You used to live Uh. there. I know, but I'll be sad because I can't afford to live there anymore. Yeah, you have a you have a nice house. You're doing just fine. I I don't own my house, please. That's please true. Say I have a you nice have, house. You have a nice place Make to sure live. You, you have a nice place to live, and you can get in your car, and you've cleared your COVID test. You can go to traffic yeah. court. Yeah, well, I've only cleared one COVID test, two in the last week. Quit your belly um, aching. Point is, traffic yeah, court okay. is back, and um, it's in a gymnasium in a school. It's going to be completely different. So... Listen up, I'm going to give you the quick rundown of where what's happening. So instead of traffic court being at 9.30 and um, 1.30 in most of the locations, except Robson Square, where it's 9.30, 10.45, 1.30, and 2.45, it's now 9.30 to 4.30. And court hearings are going to be staggered throughout the day. So your, your traffic court date is actually going to also have a specific time that your case is scheduled to be heard. So they don't have everybody that's scheduled for the 9.30 session coming at once. I imagine they'll probably chop it up into 15-minute blocks. Um, you know, most traffic court trials don't last longer than that anyway. If I'm counsel, they do, though. <laughs> um, so the locations, Abbotsford and Chilliwack, are both going to be in University of the Fraser Valley starting July 13th, 9.30 to 4.30, Monday to Friday. Dawson Creek is going to be at the courthouse, and it's going to start August 17th. So if you're in Dawson Creek, you got to wait till mid-August before your traffic court dates. And they're only going to have hearing dates on August 17th and August 21st from 9.30 to 4.30. So not a lot of court time there. Fort St. John, also starting in August, August 18th. And they're having hearings August 18th, 19th, and 20th. But this is the best part. From 5.30 p.m. until 9 o'clock p.m. So they're going to have people having their traffic court hearings at the end of the workday. So they're going to clear out the courthouse. Court ends at 4.30. They're going to sanitize everything. And then they're going to bring people in for staggered start times for traffic court up until 9 o'clock at night. Which, that is you know, great. I don't want to be the poor asshole who starts their trial at 9 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can barely stay up to 9 most nights. <laughs> Um, John Larroquette's going to be there, and uh, yeah. Harry Anderson, and <laughs> exactly Marky <Like> Post. 
Um, Kamloops is going to be at the courthouse, but it's going to be on Saturdays, July 11th, 18th, and 25th. And again, Saturdays in July, not when anybody's on vacation or anything like that. No, but, but you can hire a lawyer. That's true. I will go to Kamloops for you for your ticket on a Saturday. I'm sure you would. I would on a Saturday, sure. I'm gonna, yeah. and then I'll good sleep reason on a to good reason to go up to Kamloops. Love going Have to Kamloops. Province. Visit your parking lot. Province. Visit your parking lot in Merritt on the way. Yeah, it's beautiful. Anyway, nine thirty to four thirty Saturday. That's cool. Saturday court. You know, traffic court is the type of court. Like I think this is fantastic. In fact, this should be the new normal for traffic court. Why do we have to have traffic court in the middle of the workday? When normal people who are trying to dispute traffic tickets are going to their jobs or are going to school or are trying to look after their children, you know, do it on the weekend. Do it in the evening. Well, you could have... you could give people the option when you're disputing your traffic ticket, you could, you could have some box on there that you would prefer business hours or you would prefer outside of typical business hours, outside of nine to five. And yeah. then that would give people the option of being able to, uh, to, to do it that way. I mean, at least one option. One option is better than none. Yep. Yep. Um, Kelowna is going to be normal um, starting July 13th, Monday to Friday, but again, 5.30 to 9 p.m. Well, it also might work out for police officers when they're doing four days on, four days off. Their ter- first two days of their shift are in the day and their second two are at night. Mm-hmm. You know, go to traffic court. Yeah. I mean, for officers, these times are going to work for them. They don't work a Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 type job, so this doesn't change anything about whether they're on or off duty. Yeah, I I like it. Prince George, they're going to start August 4th, and they're going to have hearings August 4th to 7th and August 10th to 14th at Prince George Provincial Court. Their courthouse is pretty big. It's a good-sized courthouse. I think they can swing that. Oh yeah, no, it's a it's a big new night. Well, I wouldn't say new; it's old now, twenty years. But no, it's a it's a it's a lovely courthouse, big yeah. air open area in the center. Courtrooms off to the side. It's no, it's good because it's like the only courthouse where they're actually doing it in the courthouse during court hours. Yeah, they can do um, it. They could do it multiple there. days a week. Yeah, but they're doing Monday to Friday, like an entire week of of traffic court hearings, um, and the first week of August. But Deal with the, the backlog. Monday. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's nothing else scheduled. Maybe they can build it with Crown. I don't know. Well, if it's August, uh, you know, often the judges are on vacation and traffic court JJPs are not necessarily on vacation. And maybe nobody's going to be on vacation this year, but they haven't booked uh, criminal trials during that time because of the, they were booked on people's schedules 10 months ago. Mm-hmm. We already mentioned Richmond and Robson Square, which leaves Surrey, uh, which will be held at Kwantlen University. Huh. Monday to Friday, nine thirty to four thirty. Huh. Starting July. 13th. Which which campus do we know? It must be the Surrey campus. Okay. Well, I don't. Surrey. Yeah. Well, they've they have <laughs> other campuses though, and so okay. Look at look at how many traffic court locations are not here: Western Communities, Victoria, Sydney, uh, Nanaimo. Nothing on the island is listed here at all. Oh yeah, yeah. Campbell River, so none of the island traffic court locations. Tofino, Euclid. Um, you think you'd be able to do Comox and Merritt? Like I don't understand why you wouldn't be able to do Merritt with staggering with having people outside. It's July. It's not exactly like, you know. <laughs> yeah, you don't need you don't need to be inside. Uh, yeah, to yeah. to cover yourself from the rain. Yeah. And Merritt is a one room 
basically one room building. Mary so needs a new courthouse. They need a new courthouse badly. They can build it on my property. You should have told David Eby when he was on your on your podcast. You, they could have built it in your parking lot, or at least built it beside your parking lot, and then you could have had one reserved spot mm-hmm. for forever. Kyla's, Kyla's spot. spot. Do not park in <laughs> Kyla's spot. She shows up to Barrett Court twice a year, but it's still reserved spot. Yeah, you're there more than twice a year, and if they build a courthouse, the Kyla Lee Courthouse in Merritt, sure, I'd be there uh, all the time. You'd be there all the time. Mm-hmm. Point being, no Merritt. Um, lots of lots of BC locations left off this list. The entire Kootenays. Yeah. I mean, the island, like, Kootenays. I mean, Haida Gwaii. They don't. They, they. I know they do traffic court in Haida Gwaii. They do it in uh, Queen Charlotte and in Masset. But uh, how often do they do it? I don't know. Well, and the other thing is, like, I mean, traffic court in Haida Gwaii. Considering Haida Gwaii has kept themselves to zero cases, I think the only people that would be there are people in the community, and the community doesn't need to be distancing from the community. Yeah, I think they're pretty safe in in they, Haida Gwaii. They, like made a rule, nobody comes to Haida Gwaii unless you live in Haida Gwaii. But so. the traffic court in Haida Gwaii is usually a provincial court judge, right? It's yes. not a it's not a uh, judicial yes, justice, DJ. so it's somebody who's got to fly in from uh, Prince George. So maybe they don't maybe they don't want the judge flying in from Prince George. Not that there's any COVID in Prince George. Yes. There ain't Who none, knows? as far anyway, as I know. Anyway, the point is, some traffic court is starting again, and some is not. That's okay. And we'll be able to make some driving law in British Columbia. I can tell you, if, you, if you're if you wondering why we sound so excited about traffic court. Because um, we like traffic court. We like traffic court. We actually, we're probably some of the few people in the province who enjoy going to traffic court. Someone asked us today on Twitter, well, you know, how is it that you connect with police officers? Where do you, you know, uh, like on Twitter, or how do you contact them if you need to talk to them about something? I was like, oh, I just chat with them at traffic court. <laughs> yeah, and then after that, I'm texting them. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We're no, direct we messaging friends them. in the hallway at traffic court, and then we text each other. <laughs> oh. But, yeah, I guess you can't really tell people, oh, just hang out in traffic court, because... It's a They're great opportunity to talk to uh, to police officers. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm super excited. I can't wait to get back, see all my favorite officers, see all my nemeses, <laughs> run some trials, get some registered owner tickets. Yeah. Whatever you can do. Argue with JP about whether they can do an amendment that I want. You know, all my favorite things. Yeah. Test the <laughs> test the officer's memory and see whether or not they use that device properly and see whether or not they can remember any of uh, anything to do with it and or whether it's just their practice and for all the officers that are listening and i know there are several i spent the entire time i had covid reading all of the laser and radar manuals every day memorizing memorizing them them. i know you did i know you did (laughs) you're such a weirdo when it comes to that not actually very far off. <laughs> Kyla, Kyla read the entire Motor Vehicle Act very early on in her career, and so did I. And uh, we were like, we discovered, wow, you read the Motor Vehicle Act? I was like, yeah, I, I read the Motor Vehicle Act too. Anyway, yeah. we uh, we continue every once in a while to read the Motor Vehicle Act beginning to end. Um, yeah, well, and it's know. useful, but there's lots of things you don't remember in it. But, you know, a lot of it is something that things that are have no application whatsoever to the police because it's, you know, regulating adjudication, but... When I was in law school, I had a, a professor who, who made us all read the Constitution beginning to end, which, by the way, is really boring. But 
She said, every once in a while, just remember to read the Constitution. It's a good reminder. And that's how I think of the Motor Vehicle Act. Every once in a while, just read the Motor Vehicle Act. Yeah, you haven't read the Constitution since, though, I'll bet. I read the Charter from time to time. But, like, most of the Charter I have memorized. The parts that matter, anyway. I don't have it memorized. I have a charter cheat sheet that I keep in my little in my little book. Really? You don't have 7, 8, 9, 10A, 10B, 11? I know what's in there. 12, I, I guess. know what's in there. Up. I know what's in there. I have to look at it, though. That's my brain. You know. Um, moving on to speaking of the charter and making me a little bit more sad. I published a blog post today, which is Thursday, but it's a blog post about um, about the changes to ICBC insurance policies and how it's actually going to and has already led to an increase in racial profiling by police. Now, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking that, you know, we presented to parliamentary committee or whatever and everybody was sort of cynically like well i don't really think it's going to lead to to racial profiling and people being and you know and that was something that we could identify this is something that is completely unexpected mm-hmm. that's and why i said it's an unintended race-based completely consequence. unintended race-based consequences of the changes to icbc so please lay it out for us So as most people who purchased car insurance in the last year have learned, when you go get your policy now, you have to list all of the other people that are going to be driving your vehicle. So if you loan your vehicle to somebody who's not listed and they get in an accident, you're not insured. And that's a big problem. Um, And, you know, most people are like, well, that kind of makes sense because you shouldn't just have, like, uninsured people riding around in other people's vehicles and you get like the wife who insures the car for the husband because the husband is like a terrible driver and and his insurance rates would be you know sixty five hundred dollars a year so logically this makes sense this seems to address some of the dumpster fiery concerns that people have about icbc there's very loud traffic going by me um the problem is that i have seen now that police have access to this policy information for the listed drivers. And they have been conducting traffic stops on the basis of the fact that the person that is behind the wheel of the vehicle doesn't look like the people who are named as the drivers on the policy. Meaning, you know, you get the woman driving and there's only a man named on the policy. Okay. That's, you know, a little more understandable, although, like, trans people exist, but also people who are being stopped because they don't match the color of the name on the policy. You know, my policy says Kylo Lee. Yeah, you know, they you wouldn't expect pull somebody you, who looks pull like you over me. because they think you should be Chinese person driving the vehicle yeah. with the name Kylo Lee. Yeah, if the policy says John Smith is supposed to be driving and there's a dude wearing a turban uh, with a beard behind the wheel you're like he's probably not named john smith and they pull him over yeah and this is happening i've seen this in multiple files now where people are being pulled over effectively because their skin color doesn't match a name on an insurance policy and it's the guise of the power to stop at random to check insurance but really it's just disproportionately affecting people of color 
Yeah, because that's who you're going to pull over. That's probably who they're going to notice. It's probably whose plates they're running to start oh, with. Oh, you're not, you know, you if you if you run a plate and you see that the vehicle's registered to like, you know, G Van Dosange and you see a white guy driving, I have not seen a, a case yet where that's resulted in a traffic stop. Never in my career have I seen a case where the officer stops to check license insurance and that the vehicle wasn't stolen because a white guy was driving a vehicle registered to a brown guy. Yeah, that's true. Come to think of it, I cannot think of a simple, a single case, but I've seen many the other way when it was a, 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 a white guy listed as the owner of the vehicle and it wasn't yep. a white guy driving the vehicle. Yep. I've seen that many, many times, but I never considered the implications of having to list all the people who are potential drivers of the vehicle. Uh And that is the circumstance we now have in BC. And if they have that information, then of course, this is how it's going to play out. And you're already seeing it. You've already noticed it. Yep. Less than a year. This has been the law. Yeah. September 1st is when it started. So. So that's cool. Great. That's miserable. Yep. It's awful. And, um. We're, you know, we've we've authorized further instances of racial discrimination. So, David E.B., if you're listening, maybe you could fix this somehow, because this can't be. This is not acceptable. Yeah, you just floated the trans people at the beginning, too, and I'd have to think about how that plays out, because I'm, you know, I it's hard for me to place myself in the shoes of, of everybody in every different circumstance, but that seems to be another... Another potential thing that is, um, yeah. I mean, I don't think we've ever talked about like you know the way that gender plays a role in policing and how you will. I mean, there's it comes up. I mean, you see it in the context often of like people's assignments to correctional facilities not matching their gender uh, identity. Yep. So. Well, that's a topic for another day and something we shouldn't put off too long, but I can't but, say that well, I've ever seen talking. a case where I could identify that as having been an issue that I've had, at least it, that's been expressed to me. Yeah. Um, well, we're talking about race-based police conduct. Um, I thought we should update people on the Chief uh, Alan Adam situation. Because last week we talked about the unacceptable violence used by police officers against Chief Alan Adam, who was um, a passenger in a vehicle that was stopped for a license check. Um, And this week, new information was revealed. Not only have the charges against him for obstruction and uh, uttering threats to a police officer or assaulting a police officer been dropped, because, duh. <laughs> well, yeah, the I mean, you look at it, the officer who runs at him and yeah, tackles there, him. There was definitely an assault. It was not against a police officer. Yeah. Um, the That officer, the running, flying, punching officer, turns out is on active duty, but has been uh, charged with and is awaiting trial for a break and enter and a bunch of offenses involving like an ex-spouse. Yep. Which, you know, he's entitled to the presumption of innocence on those charges. But if you have the stress of that hanging over your head and there is an inkling that perhaps you have behaved in a violent way, you don't put somebody on the street 
and give them a gun and give them free reign to go wield their power over the citizenry. You say, you know what? We're going to reassign you for right now while your charges are going through court. We appreciate your entitled to the presumption of innocence, but that does not apply to your ability to carry a badge and a gun right now. I concur. And uh, he shouldn't have been in that position and uh, shouldn't have uh, been out on the street where he could do this. There's plenty of other jobs that you can do uh, at the RCMP while you're awaiting your trial on your charges. Uh, And uh, they are charges that related to violence and significant offenses if it's a break and enter charge. Uh, And although you're entitled to your presumption of innocence, and I assume that he's innocent at this point and, uh, you know, is innocent until such time as the court decides he's not, if they do, and if they conclude that he's innocent, then that's great. Uh, But uh, absolutely, there's no... uh, it, it, it cannot be justified to have a person who's facing those charges uh, still out on active duty. Look, if you were a lawyer and you were facing those charges, the law society wouldn't say, okay, keep practicing unsupervised with no restrictions while your matters are going through the court. Like, the law society would be supervising you. Yeah, there'd be they'd something be like, on you. Yeah, There'd be something. You know, you'd probably have a practice supervisor. So there you go. Well, that's... Uh... I'm glad the charges were dropped. It's upsetting that the charges, I, I'll tell you, if this had happened uh, eight months ago, the charges might not have been dropped. Uh, okay. It's just the, um, the new cynicism uh, of the police, which is not new. It's not new. You know, back before the September 11th, 2001 attacks, people had a healthy cynicism about the police. We weren't, you know, we, we weren't cop haters. Uh, but people understood that the relationship with the police is one that we have to address with caution. We can't just accept that the police are telling the truth all the time. Uh, and the police aren't some sort of uh, uh, people who are above us in, uh, and worthy of you know, admiration that, is, uh, that has been bestowed on them in the last 19 years. And since mm-hmm. the September 11th, 2001 attacks, we've got this first responder thing, first responders, uh, yeah. and uh, thank you for your service uh, idea going on. And it's become ridiculous. Uh, and, you know, you and I have talked about this a long time ago. Uh, it is one of the things that has permitted the police to become a more of a paramilitary organization in many respects well, in the looks look at- of their cars and things like that. How many times have we been at a conference in the U.S., had an afternoon off, gone to a local museum or local, you know, attraction, whatever, see the town, and they've asked us at the entrance, are you law enforcement? Because we offer a law enforcement discount. Why should you get a discount on, like, the nuclear testing museum because you're a police officer? Like that, it makes no fucking sense. Well, that was the, you know, societal deference and, and bizarre admiration that we had with police without <laughs> any, any critical assessment of their role or and of them individually. Sirens going on. I know. Um, and, and this has been a huge concern. And again, I like, I don't think we would have black police cars in Vancouver. Um, there's the siren going by. Hi, sorry, mm-hmm. listeners. I don't think we would have black police cars in Vancouver as our marked cars, uh, but for the fact Dodge that we've chargers, accepted, no yeah, 
we've accepted um, this sort of view of the police. And unfortunately... LAPD has a police Lamborghini. Well, uh, the, lots of them have had that, and they've always been donated by the dealership for a period of time. Um, well, they're, they're usually actually in the U.S. seized in, from... It, yeah. Drug dealers. In Italy, they have them too. Well, that's a huge concern, and that's a separate concern. But yeah. much we've noticed, uh, you know, in the course of our, since this time, since the police became these highly revered uh, individuals who are not questioned and haven't been questioned, and we're only now questioning them again, we've seen all of these changes to uh, the Motor Vehicle Act, for example, where the police, uh, you're not permitted really to question them. So the evidence just comes from the police officer and it's just accepted regardless of truth. And that is a huge, huge problem that we've got in our society. And I'm hoping that um, the, the new uh, criticism of the police, I know it's been hard on police officers, I get it, uh, but come, you know, it's time to come to terms with this. And I was talking to a retired police officer the other day. Uh, and he okay. said to me, you know, thank fucking God that, we're actually looking at police officers as people again, instead of, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, some people of some role that's beyond reproach. Well, I think part of it is that, you know, with everybody being stuck at home, you know, we're all on the internet, we're all on social media a lot more than we were before, because before we were at our jobs, we were working, we were distracted by our social events, you know, we were out doing things, and we'd be, yeah, we'd all be on our phones when we were with our friends, but our attention wouldn't be solely focused on these things. And you see all these videos, and all these stories from people that have been there this entire time, but now everybody has nothing better to do but look and listen. And Turns out, well, that may be the crazy be. defense lawyers and the crazy minority people were all right all along. Yep, there you go. So great vindication. Unfortunately, it's miserable vindication. Um, that, that hence my tone. Yeah, the uh, and um, I don't want the defense lawyers to be so held up on a podium either. Uh, you know, this is the we need we need to be thoughtful as we consider our roles in society, police, defense, and everybody. Everybody's different, uh, and uh, not everybody is perfect, and we all make mistakes from day to day. Some people should not be police officers. Some people should not be lawyers. Uh, some people should be police officers, and some people should be lawyers. I, I agree. There are lots of people who are excellent at their jobs and doing good work. Exactly. So, um, and some people shouldn't be drivers. <laughs> oh, is it time? It is time. For the Ridiculous Driver of the Week. The Ridiculous Driver of the Week. I love the Ridiculous Driver of the Week. This week it is, please tell us, Kyla. You, you, you I sent it. it to you. Yeah, but I sent I know, it to you. But and I, you're the I'm one on who... my cell phone, and you sent it to me as a text. Oh, so well, you need to... then I'm going to have to go back through my text to find it, because I always count yeah. on you. I sent you like 100 it. texts while I was in the hospital. All right. So this is a video that I found. It was, I saw it today. Um, I don't know how it came to me, if it was uh, in a Google alert or something, but it is a driver driving what looks to be a C-Class Mercedes, one like you used to have a long, long time ago. Um, and uh, it's not yours, <laughs> guaranteed. Um, 
But uh, they it's through a school zone in Langley. They pass these people on the right, which is the shoulder, basically a, um, not even a parking lane shoulder uh, in the school zone, and then pass two motorcycles on the left into oncoming traffic in the school zone. It looks like they're barely holding it together. Um, so it's uh, the video is... Uh, driver enters oncoming traffic, recklessly speeds through BC school zone, and it was Langley Advanced Times where I found it. Uh, it is a dark, uh, probably about a uh, 83, 84 C-Class Mercedes, and I'm sure that they can get the license plate off this one. That is absolutely oh, yeah. driving without due care and attention. Uh, that's dangerous driving. It's well, they could be charged with dangerous driving. I I doubt they would be. Uh, we've got, uh, but yeah, maybe because they're driving into oncoming traffic, this would be a good circumstance to charge them with dangerous driving. They can always get it a. It looks to uh, me like a marked departure from the standard. Oh, it's it's prudent driver. It's definitely a marked departure, but you've well, got to prove you've got to prove who the driver is, and I don't know that you can prove who the driver is, but you can give a registered owner ticket to them, certainly to the owner of the vehicle. For driving without due care and attention, and uh, probably also for speeding, um, so uh, and also for uh, unsafe pass. So I would say triple box them uh, if you if you can find them, uh, uh, Langley RCMP, because today was still a school day, last day. So there you go. There's our ridiculous driver of the week. Our ridiculous driver of the week so often comes from some other location. There was that person who had the motorcycle jammed into the bumper of the Toyota Sienna in California. Um, uh, I thought that, that was would... on my Weird and Wacky Wednesdays this week. Was it? Oh, okay. Yeah. I read your Weird and Wacky Wednesdays. I didn't see it there, but I sent it to you. It was so early oh, in the yeah. week, and so many people had seen it. It didn't really, you know, by the time we get to Thursday, it's already... But that was a great one. That was the a great one. That was the, yes, that was the one you were trying to you were trying to come up with a defense for. You didn't have any good defenses in Weird and Wacky Wednesdays, but when I first sent it to you, you had two or three good defenses. So I don't yeah, know. It was an art it was an art installation. It, that that that's a defense too. Maybe he thought somebody Freedom had given it to them, Paul. given it to him, and he was <laughs> yeah, taking it home. It was a gift. It could have been performance art. That's true. Could have been performance art. I mean, it was it was really something. So it yeah. was performance art, as that's, far as I'm concerned. It was so glorious. If you haven't found that one, just just uh, Google go to it. Yeah, or go yeah, go to the Weird and Wacky Wednesdays, and you'll find a link to it. But uh, yeah, this one from Langley is is uh, homegrown, BC. Weird and Wacky Wednesday, or uh, da- Ridiculous Driver of the Week, who's really the dangerous driver of the week. Actually, I would say, based on that driving, Asshole of the Week. Yeah. Usually, our Ridiculous Driver of the Week is somebody that I can have a chuckle at, or somebody I can understand. This person, just a D-bag. Yeah. Well, when I see the like the passing of the, of the vehicle that's got the video, okay, you're sitting there thinking to yourself, what a, what a jerk. But then there's motorcycles. And, you know, I always you have to between take... between the two motorcycles. I can't tell on the base of the video. There's, I mean, a motorcycle coming as well. But, I, you know, I always think of the extra care that I have to take for people who are on motorcycles. Uh, oh, if yeah. they're coming the opposite direction, they can usually see me and figure it out. But if they're going the same direction as me, you know, there's, there's the issue of the blind spots. I recently learned that the word blind spot is ableist. Um, and I learned that from CBC yesterday, so I'm going to try and think what of a new term. What are you term. supposed to say instead? Um, uh, spots, blocked spots. They're really blocked spots. Blocked. They're blocked view spots of your vehicle. Okay. Um, 
and uh, between the the blocked view spots uh, that you're driving on and the and the vulnerability of people on motorcycles, I always think you have to take that much more care. And I have to tell you, if I was the uh, I, you know, if they called me up and asked me to be the traffic court to judge for a few months as a fill-in and this ended up in front of me, I would, I would be not very sympathetic. No, no. I mean, I can <laughs> think of certain traffic court justices who would have a lot to say to that driver. Yeah, they'd be a stern lecture along with the, uh, <laughs> along with the fine, even for the registered owner. You will have to like stay, to you'll have to stay room. here for 15 minutes while I give you the stern lecture. I would be doing my best to make them cry. No, see, that's the nice that's the nice way. There are some where I would like to be in the courtroom, but I would definitely like to be at the back of the room. Yeah, for <laughs> Just that one. Watching. For that one. I am not here as counsel. I'm wearing my city uniform. <laughs> I hate to, uh, you know, I've, we just talked about traffic court and how people should be, uh, how should, you know, we're all enthusiastic about traffic court again. But I have to tell you, the traffic court uh, JJPs, when they, you know, find somebody guilty of an offense uh, and uh, are sentencing them, it can be a, a pretty harsh and scary thing. Uh, and yeah. there's good reasons for that. You know, we're talking about operating vehicles. And um, it's, a, it's a dangerous thing, operating a vehicle, and you have very strict obligations on the road and everybody needs to do their best to abide by them do your best so that's good the advice. end of uh driving law with kyla lee yep that's good advice to end the podcast on so i think so if you have a driving law related issue or question you can find us at vancouvercriminallaw.com or give us a call 604-685-8889 and tune in next week for another exciting episode of Driving Law, including our discussion of the Uber and Heller case. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in wearing a mask that says, lawyer told me not to talk to you. And uh, everybody, do your best to wear a mask and uh, continue to physically distance, and hopefully we can uh, get our lives mostly back to normal. 